Alright, so we're gonna um, take a look at some a Bible number with me. Hallelujah. You know, and uh we are up to sixteen. Hallelujah. Uh and the number sixteen is all about love. Now I will say like Scripture does not have a lot to offer when it comes to the number 16. Mm -hmm. You know, um, very, uh, very scanty, you know, um, when it comes to number 16 and, you know, revealing this uh, inner meaning. Nevertheless, uh, we do have a pretty big hint that it speaks to love. And that hint is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is called the love chapter. You know? And so, seeing that it was just so scanty on the number 16, I figured we'd just go over the love chapter. Hallelujah. You know, so, and you'll see why it's equated with the number 16 as well. Uh, even because it speaks to 16 characteristics of true love or mm. of Yah's love. Amen. Amen. You know, so 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a brass or a tinkling sound. Now, this word charity is agape, you know, which speaks to love and or benevolence. And so that's an, that's an important point in and of itself. You know, because a lot of times, you know, I, I don't know, some, some people make the connection, some people don't quite make the connection that benevolence is an integral part of love. You know, and so benevolence speaks to essentially charity. And so the KJV translators translated it as charity. But as you'll see, like it means more than just charity, though. It doesn't just mean charity. You know, it means a bit more than that. And so I want you to, uh, to also know that. You know, now, here it is. Apostle Paul is talking about Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So here it is. He's talking about tongues, you know, speaks to languages. You know, so he's talking about languages of men and of angels. Now, both of these that he's speaking about, he's speaking about supernatural. You know, um, as, as, you, uh, as we continue to go throughout this chapter, you're going to see that, you know, he's speaking to things or um, things that come from on high, so to speak. You know, um, like the heavenly side of things. You know, and so he speaks of tongues of men and tongues of angels. Now you can have um, tongues of men or you can have tongues of angels. You know, and both are supernatural. And I'm going to show you an example um, uh, uh, of, of both. Well, I'm going to try. You know, uh, so... <clears throat> The first one is the cloven tongue, which which everyone is equated with. You know, everyone is you know is pretty familiar with Acts two, and 
the cloven tongue, you know, the cloven tongues that transpired during that time, right? You know, um, let me have my first reader read Acts 2, 3 through 6, just in case we have some that are. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with Ruach Kodesh, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Ruach gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have Acts 2, um, 3 through 6, you know, and it's speaking about them appearing cloven tongues, appearing unto the, unto the um, disciples, you know, like out of the fire sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Ruach, and the Ruach gave them utterance, you know. And so this utterance that it had given them was called cloven tongues, mm. you know. And it was a supernatural event in where the devout men um, of every nation was able to hear what was being spoken in their own language. You know, so um, I want you to be able to see that this was a supernatural event. It was only men, it was only men speaking the language of other men simultaneously. You know, and that is a supernatural event, you know. Every man heard in his own language, that is without anyone switching up their dialect. So they were just speaking, you know, one dialect, but everybody heard it as if they were speaking directly to them, even though they all spoke different languages. So that is the cloven tongue. Amen? You know, then it speaks about and of angels. So, though I speak with tongues of men and tongues of angels. Now, 1 Corinthians 12.10 speaks to the tongues of angels, if you would. You know, now, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it says to another, speaking about the gifts of the Ruach, and it says to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, and to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, diverse kinds is a bad translation, KJV translated as diver kinds, but this is not the best translation at all, in my opinion. You know, when we look up the word diverse kinds, we find that it comes from the Greek word genos, number 1085, and it speaks to family, it speaks to kin, it speaks to kindred, countrymen, to one's nation. It's from genomai, number 1096, meaning to cause, to become, to be. You know, and so here it is, genos speaks to one becoming family, becoming kin or kindred, becoming countrymen or, you know, becoming um, nationalized, if you would. And so uh, what's actually being said here is that one of the gifts of the spirit is the family tongue. You know, and the family tongue is a tongue of the angels, a language of the angels, you know. Now, to support this, we go down and um, to chapter 14, and Paul is talking about the very same thing. 
you know, he says in 14.2, he says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto Elohim. Now, actually, you know, um, unknown is actually uh, not in the text. It's implied. And you're going to see why it's implied um, shortly. You know, but I just wanted, you know, to let you know that. So, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men. So, in other words, he who speaks in this language don't speak unto men, but unto Elohim. For no man understandeth him. You know, so it is a, a language that men cannot understand. This is why Paul said in verse 10, uh, I'm sorry, in, um, yeah, verse 10 of chapter 12, this is why he said, you know, to one was given divers uh, kinds of tongues or the family tongue and to another the interpretation of the tongue because the tongue is not understood by men you know and so it needs an interpreter you know it's hence and when he gets to chapter 14 he speaks of it as an unknown tongue or the KJV you know translators recognize that fact and, and they insert um, unknown tongue because they see that it implies a tongue that needs interpretation you know and so he says that it's not speaking of men but unto Elohim for no man understand of him how be it in the Ruach he speak of mysteries mm -hmm. or in the Ruach he speak of secrets mm -hmm. you know and so you know when you pray in an unknown tongue or you pray in the family tongue um, uh, I should say when you pray in the family tongue the Ruach Kadesh in you is praying secrets on your behalf now verse 3 continues on to say but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. And again, this unknown is implied. You know, he that speaketh in the, in the angelic language edifieth himself. So the Ruach is speaking secrets to edify the one who's speaking. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And so this is why it's the least of the gifts. Because it only edifies the speaker and not the rest of the body. Unless there's an interpreter. Okay, you know, uh, verse 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues. So there is a benefit to it because the Ruach is constantly interceding on your behalf. Things that you need. That you don't even know sometimes that you need. You know, and hence he says, I would that ye all spake with tongues. You know, but rather that ye prophesy. You know, so that's good, but better is to prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. You know, that the church may receive edifying. Alright? Mm -hmm. So I pray that you can see that there's two types of supernatural tongues. There's the tongues of men, such as the cloven tongues. 
you know, the cloven tongue where, you know, one speaks and everyone hears in their own language. And then there's a type of family or angelic language of the body of Messiah. You know, that needs interpretation, you know, and the interpretation thereof is a gift in and of itself. And oftentimes, you know, people speak of tongues and it's just, the two just get lumped together and they just get all balled up in one, one ball of wax, you know, and, and there's a lot of, you know, misunderstandings concerning such. All right, back to uh, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 through 4, my, um, my next reader, please, or my first reader. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suff suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity Bounteous, not itself, is not puffed up. Okay, um, thank you. So, of course, we got to talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. All right, because this is pretty serious right here. Now, we just learned what the greatest gift was, which is prophecy, right? But now Paul tells us, he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the secrets, mm -hmm. And have all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. Mm. You know, and the mountains speak of kingdoms. And have not charity. Have not agape. Not have agape love and benevolence. I am nothing. Mm. See, these are all the things that will make you great in Yah. They will make you great in your having the gift of prophecy and understanding the, the secret things and having the knowledge and having the faith to go along with it so you can even remove mountains. You know, those are all the things needed to become super great in your. But even if you have all those things, if ye have not charity, if ye have not agape love, you're nothing. Verse 3 um, said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed to the poor, mm. and though I give my body to be burned, and have not agape, it profiteth me nothing. So these are the things that causes you to profit. These are the things that causes you to profit from Elohim, you know, almsgiving, you know, um, sacrifice, you know, it don't mean anything. It doesn't profit it, profit you a thing without agape. So this agape thing, whatever it is, is super important. Can you see that? Because you can have all the other gifts. You can have all the gifts. You know, agape is not actually 
um, a, a gift, you know. But you can have all the gifts, but if you don't have agape, you're nothing. And they won't profit you anything. You understand? Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's essential that we understand what agape is and make certain we have it. Mm. Amen? Now, Paul is going to get into what agape actually is. Mm -hmm. He's going to describe it for us so that we can we can get a get a hold on it. So we can get a nail it down in our psyche. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he starts off by saying it suffereth long. Mm. And then he says it's kind. It's suffereth long and it's kind. Okay? Now the word kind is implied, but it suffereth long and is kind. Now what is this word kind? Suffereth long means just what it says. <laughs> Suffer long. I didn't I didn't, you know, go through, you know, putting the definition up there because it means exactly what it says. A perfect um translation. Suffer long. Yes, that's what it means. You know. But this word kind, you know, is a little different than what we're accustomed to kindness being. So I did take the liberty to to um, translate that or, or show you the definition. This word kind in the Greek is krestuyo, krestuyo mai, krestuyo mai, number 5541, and it means to show oneself useful. Now, I didn't think of that when I thought of kindness. Mm. You know, even though I can, when you when you when you meditate on it, you know, you can see that in it. You know, but this is the emphasis of this word. You know, so the thing is, it's like, yeah, you're to suffer long, but while you're suffering long, you're also to be useful. Mm. So you're not suffering long, and you're just sitting on your on your hands. You're suffering alone, but while you're suffering alone, you're still employing yourself in being useful to the body. You follow me? Mm -hmm. See, that's the difference. You know, like a lot of times, like like with our modern day concept of kindness, you know, we're thinking, you know, just being courteous, you know, uh, you know. Thank you, no thank you, uh, have a nice day, <laughs> smiling at, um, when you see a person, you know, speaking, you know, and uh, oh, that's great. And all that is a form of kindness, but it's not the form of kindness that's being spoken of um, agape. Agape is the type of kindness where you show yourself useful. Smiling at somebody who's hungry and their stomach is growling is not going to be very useful to them. Amen? Yep. You know, to the old lady trying to get across the street, you know, and having a rough time, you know, you waving at her is not going to not going to be very useful to her. Amen. Learn to make yourself useful to the body of Messiah. In some capacity or another, you know, especially when you suffer alone. Say loud. Now it goes on to say, I could pay envy of not. 
Don't be looking at what someone else has. And begin fantasizing about, you know, their stuff being yours. Don't envy. I never really got that. You know, I never, like, that's, I don't know, that's just something I never, I never was, you know, plagued with, I suppose. You know, I never envied anyone. You know, it's just, I mean, you know, you have this, that, and the other, great, I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? You know, if anything, you know, I may try to get next to you to learn how you got it, so maybe I can do the same thing and get it too. You know, but I, I never really got the envy thing. You know, like, no. Um, then it goes on to say, agape bontif, not itself. It it doesn't brag. That's what it's speaking about. It doesn't brag on itself. It's not a braggart. You know, and then it continues on. And the fifth characteristic of agape is it's not puffed up. It's not prideful. And so that goes right along with the bragging, doesn't it? You know, and this caused me to reflect because, you know, like, I don't know, I, 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 I had, you know, in life I had became a bit of a gamer. You know, I don't know, I don't know what else to call it. You know, I played games, you know, and I, I became good at them, you know, um, or, or at least decent, you know, so, you know, uh, you know. I, I shot pool, I played golf, I, you know, just about anything I played, I gambled at. So, you know, that'll make me, that, that's some, some incentive to get better, you know. So, you know, I became pretty decent at uh, a bunch of games that, you know, that won't help me get in the kingdom, not one iota, you know. But when I was in the world, you know, that, you know, it was a means to an end, you know. And so, but the point that I'm making is, I noticed that when I came to Yah, you know, it was whenever I vaunted myself, whenever I began to brag, I lost. And it was just like so perplexing because like when I was in the world, like that was the fun of it <laughs> for me anyway. That was the fun of it for me. I, you know, I used to, you know, I used to have fun, you know, bragging about winning you know I mean that was a part of the enjoyment for me you know but now you know like I see like why he started making me lose every time I, I was open my mouth up to brag so I had to learn to be humble you know and not puffed up amen you know and that's even because I got paid it doesn't brag and it is not puffed up. You know, um, verses five through seven goes on to say, you know, that agape doeth not behave itself unseemly. So it's not going to behave. Agape will never cause you to behave, you know, inappropriately. It's not going to have you to dress inappropriately. It's not going to have you to speak inappropriately. It's not going to have you to act inappropriately. Amen? Agape seek of not her own. You know, so it's, it's, it's not about you. 
It's about Yah. And Yah is a many-membered body. You know, a lot of people don't equate that when they're helping a brother or sister in the faith, they're actually helping Yah. A lot of people don't equate that when you're loving on someone in the faith, you're loving on Yah. When you're serving someone in the faith, you're serving Yah. When you're blessing someone in the faith, you're blessing Yah. See, agape seeketh not her own. It seeketh not its own. You understand? So it's, it's you know, it's all about seeking Yah. And you seek Yah, you know, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you, you know, for his whole body. You know, it's multifaceted. Is not easily provoked. You know, some people are so easily provoked. So easily provoked to get angry. So easily provoked to, to become sad. So easily provoked to become offended. So easily provoked, you know, to, to uh, quit. So easily provoked to walk away. You know, and be done. You know, with uh, with Yah and or his people, you know, that is not agape. Agape think of no evil. So if you have thoughts of, you know, things that are not right, you know, um, towards your brother or sister, you know, because they're getting on your nerve and you just want to hurt them. No, that is not. Agape, and that is not of Yah. Rejoice of not in iniquity. You know, find no joy in lawlessness, but rejoiceth in the truth. And I've seen, I've seen that around here plenty. You know, people rejoicing in the truth, and that's a beautiful thing. Bear of all things. I've seen some folks around here. You know. Um, carry quite a load, you know. Uh, believe of all things. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, and it's, it's crazy because I see so many people just assume people are lying, just assume they're, they're, um, they're wrong, just assume they're not right. You know, and you know, I've, I've made it a habit to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I tell folks, you know, you can tell me it's raining soup. I'm running outside with a bowl and a spoon. Mm -hmm. But if I get out there and there's no soup coming down, then may get may have a rough time getting me to believe anything else come out your mouth. But I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, I believe them until they they, they show me that they're you know they're not trustworthy to believe. You know. Hope of all things. Always hope the best. Endure of all things. Always stand fast. You know, like nothing in this life is permanent. Except Yah. Everything else is temporal. So if you're going through something and you don't like it, it sucks. Just endure. Because it will pass. You just have to last to the end. It's temporal. It's not going to last forever. You know, life can suck at times. 
But it's temporal. You know, it'll get better again. And then number 16, the last one, and this is why this is the love chapter, and this is why number 16 represents love, because there's 16 characteristics of love. Mm. Agape never fails. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're doing something in agape, you can rest assured you will succeed. Because agape never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect, i.e. complete, come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I know, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I, as also I am known. Now abide of faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these things is agape or charity. So, hallelujah. You know, now, how do you know if you have agape? So we're going to jump over to 1 John 4 because it teaches us how to know if we have agape at all, you know, and we want to have that because without it, we're going nowhere, right? You know, so we're going to start with verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of Elohim and everyone that loveth is born of Elohim. Woo! Hallelujah. This word love is agape, right? You know, uh, I'm not 100% sure. It's either agape or agapeo, which is number uh, uh, 26, you know, 25. So agape is 26, agapeo is 20, 25. But they're, they're the same thing, you know. Uh, so they're essentially exactly the same. So but what we're being told is that agape, let us agape one another, for agape is of Elohim, and everyone that loveth is born of Elohim. So if you're wondering if your father from above, do you have this, the characteristics of agape? That'll tell you. Amen? And, you know, I, everyone that loveth, that agape is born of Elohim and knoweth Elohim. Now, think about that for a minute because Yah says he'll say to the wicked, go away for I never knew you, ye workers of iniquity, you workers of lawlessness, right? You know, he said, I never knew thee. Well, if you have out the pain, then you know he knows you. Amen? You know, and you know you know him. He that agape not knoweth not Elohim. For Elohim is agape. Oh, hallelujah. Watch out now. Can you see that? That's how that's why you can have all the gifts and you can have everything else, you know, and it won't mean a thing. Even because all that without Yah is fruitless. All that without Yah is void. It's nothing. Yah is the main 
ingredient. Amen? And he's agape. Verse 9. And this was manifested, the love of Elohim toward us, because that Elohim sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is agape. Not that we loved agape Elohim, but that he agape us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if Elohim so agape us, we ought to also agape one another. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. No man have seen Elohim at any time. If we agape one another, Elohim dwelleth in us. So even if you think that you agape Elohim, if you don't agape his body, then you're not agapeing him. And he has a many-membered body. Amen? You know, so, you know, we come together, you know, to form his body. And so when you do ill towards your brother or sister in the faith, you're doing ill towards Elohim. But when you agape your brother or sister in the faith, you're agapeing Elohim. You know, so, yeah. Elohim so loved us, we ought also to love one another. <laughs> Verse 12, no man hath seen Elohim at any time. If we agape one another, Elohim dwelleth in us. This is how you can know if Yah is in us. And his agape is perfected in us. Mwah. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. If we have his agape, we know we in him and he in us because he hath given us his ruach. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Yahushua is the Son of Elohim, Elohim dwelleth in him and he in Elohim. And we have known and believed the agape that Elohim hath to us. Elohim is agape, and he that dwelleth in agape dwelleth in Elohim, and Elohim in him. You gotta get those characteristics of agape in your life. Because that's how you get Yah in your life. Herein is our agape made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, get this. Hmm. Because this is a sure, sure tale sign that you don't have agape. Mm. There is no fear in agape. Mm. But perfect agape casts out fear. So either you don't have agape or you don't have complete agape if you still have fear. Anybody with me? Because fear have torment. He that feareth is not made perfect or complete in agape. You can't have complete agape and still be a scaredy cat. Because complete agape casts out fear. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love, I agape Elohim and hate of his brother, he is a liar. For he that agape of not his brother have, whom he have seen, how can he agape Elohim whom he have not seen? And this is why we have this many-membered body, so that we can agape Elohim whom we haven't seen. Because we 
agape him through those whom we do see. And this commandment have we from him, that he who agape Elohim, agape his brother also. And that's what it's about. The number 16. It's all about agape. It's all about love. It's all about these 16 characteristics of love. These 16 characteristics of agape. You know, even to suffer long, to be useful, not to envy, not to brag. Don't be prideful or puffed up. You know, don't don't behave yourself unseemly. Seek not your own, but seek what's best for y'all's y'all's body. You know, don't be easily provoked. Think of no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bear all things, believe of all things, hope of all things, endure of all things, and you will never fail. Hmm. You know, that's uh oh, and I leave you with Matthew Yahoo twelve fifty. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and mother. So in case you're wondering who your brother, who your sister, who your mother um, is, Matthew Yahoo 1250 tells you.